0: Buddy, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, Feeling the Christmas Spirit. Why do we only do Christmas cartoons? That's because back in the 80s and 90s, Christmas was the only holiday in December. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, I don't make the rules.
1: It was actually this, uh, considered hate speech to say the word holiday instead of Christmas.
0: Uh, as, as it should be, obviously. You know, there's a war on Christmas, as we all know. And to that, I say happy Honda days to you.
1: I Happy. celebrate uh, the Mary
0: Toyotathon, so well, oh well, we shit. Are, our people are our arch arch enemies. <laughs> this is, is knowing is half the podcast, and I am Race to Canis.
1: I am Robert Clark Chan here, but in Germany, I am Robert, ich in ein oh. That means.
2: That means when you uh take a shit during sex and you're also uh related to Robert Clark Chan in some way, right? Yep.
0: Yep, 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 yep. You got no, it. No, that's now, a, that one. is literally exactly what it means. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gina Ippolito and it's the same worldwide motherfucker because Gosh. that's who I am. I've got name recognition.
1: You know I don't, I don't Gina know. by the donkey she walks around on. <laughs>
0: You know, TV's Gina Ippolito has uh, what they call them X's now. What do we call them? Uh, and twenty one thousand um, favorite X's. How does this work, uh, Gina? I don't know anymore. I know what you're talking about,
1: but I have no idea what you're saying.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. I started to think of Dominic the Donkey, the classic Italian Christmas song, and now that no. was how I, that was what I was focused on. Well,
0: there's this there's this Nazi affiliated website where you've got twenty one thousand people who clicked on your your uh-huh. X, and then you
2: right Everyone knows that you are the Nazi on this podcast. You can't try and retcon it now.
0: I will try to rewrite history as best I can. What is really sad is between the three of us. I guess I would be the closest to a Nazi, but it's like <laughs> yeah, it's still was. not very close.
1: I mean, I'm uh, legally blind, so I can not see. Oh, oh yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's no. the sound I'm looking for. That's I what I want. I Give don't care for me. that. Mm. don't care
0: for that. Anyway, this week we are watching what is it? I don't even know anymore. Benji's very own Christmas story. Benji the dog. This is from 1978. So that's close enough to the 80s and 90s. Take it.
1: Uh, I, it's live action. It? So first, thing, back. I just need to say what it's the, the H-Gen. Again. What's that? We've gone 19- all the way back, and we've done live action. So when I uh, looked at this crazy-ass list, I was like, oh, yeah, that is right up our alley. This looks like it could either be the worst thing ever or
0: worse than that. And I'm going to tell you something. I kind of liked it. Oh, God. Oh, Robert Clark Chan. Stop. Stop. I don't know what
1: it is. I did not. uh, Okay. When I was very little, and I'm talking like not even old enough to like have clear memories. I have sort of like a vague friendly feeling towards Benji. So like at some point, I like saw a Benji thing and I was like, oh, this dog is awesome. Uh, But then, you know, from, I don't know, like age six on, I'm like, this is pure bullshit. (laughs) But I watched this thing, and at no point was I like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I was just kind of like, I didn't understand
0: why it exists, but I kind of dug it. So you're a fan of Benji in general, or you are a fan of just this Benji?
1: Well, we were trying not to talk about this before it started, but some things just like came out because uh gina can't hold her damn tongue and <laughs> she was all like what um what is this benji thing without any benji in it and which i noticed i was also like there's
2: no first of all that was ray that yeah, said, I that, said God that damn well, it
0: it's not mm. just me who does it i can no but it is just me that. who
2: who gets affected
0: <laughs> well, in this case you were you were uh, uh blamed for something very insightful uh so you, you were actually taking credit for all something. i said
2: was i found it boring but you're okay, attributing well, a ray quote to me which like frankly is i should sue you for that
1: i mean oh, wow yes yes you should um this holds up
0: this holds up
2: but, well
1: like, yeah there's no there's no uh freaking benji in this but it's Still enjoyable, and I felt full of Christmas spirit.
0: Uh, did you? okay, okay. Uh, I have <laughs> questions, I had a lot of questions about various aspects of this. Uh, th- that being said, I consider this Benji special to be a lot like Star Wars, uh, sequel, episode seven, The Force Awakens. In that, the
2: there's nothing talking about,
0: there's nothing in here to really dislike, it's sort of just made as fan service, and so. As I watch it, I'm like, there's nothing to hate here, but there's not really anything to like here either. It just sort of is. It's pandering, and I guess that's okay.
2: I, again, I just found it boring. I just, I, there were, like, I didn't find anything offensive. I, like, it's the type of thing that two years from now, I'll be, someone will say, oh, did you guys cover this? And I'll say, I don't think so. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that happens a lot yes <laughs> it does now here's the deal uh benji uh gina you do a lot of wikipedia searching what can you tell us about benji the dog that our audience of zoomers and uh gen zers might not know
2: uh i can tell you that i get benji the dog confused with sandy annie's dog
1: yeah but benji had a bunch of movies sandy just had the one-off Sandy's a one-trick pony.
2: I was a Sandy Wonder. fan, Wonder. and that one movie I've seen more than I, any other uh, Benji movies.
0: Well, Ben, okay, fine, okay. Well, Benji was a dog. A what kind of dog? A golden mixed breed dog, uh golden terrier, I believe. Isn't that what Benji is? I can't even on the Wikipedia page no. they won't tell me what kind no, of dog. No, because Benji he's was. like a,
2: he's like a mixed. He's like a mutt. He's like a street yeah, okay. dog.
0: So uh, Benji uh, is is, 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 there was a time back in our culture where dogs that saved people uh, was like a very big trope. We had Lassie. We had um, Benji. I'm going to wait for a third. We had Flipper.
1: Flipper is a dolphin.
0: A dolphin is the dog of the ocean, as we all know. Hmm.
2: Mm Hmm. mm Hmm.
0: And, and this was a thing. And Benji was just part of this sphere that came, I think, later than Lassie because Benji was the 70s, and Lassie was black and white television of the, what, 1950s? So it there you go. Uh, the first Benji movie was Benji in 1974. Uh, then you had For the Love of Benji in 77. This dropped in 78, uh, Christmas Short. And then uh, uh, the double MacGuffin was a oh, just a cameo. Oh, Heavenly Dog, 1980, and Benji the Hunted. In 1987. So there were a bunch of Benji movies out there. Benji, big international star, as is shown by the fact that Benji is literally playing uh himself, herself in Switzerland. They have gone to Switzerland to be grand marshals of a Christmas parade. And, and if if this we-
2: Benji is a girl, I think, because it because in the in the IMDB, I think it listed her as Ben Jean.
0: Ben Jean, oh. That's unnecessary. I don't, I don't
2: know how I feel. I mean, I don't want to
0: miss gender. I'll start there. Yeah. But also Benji is a character.
2: No, but this is actually very. Okay. I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. But Let's last go. night I went to see Sir Patrick Stewart read from his book. I knew you were going to mention it at some point. And That's then amazing. improvisers do improv scenes based on his readings he was a delight and he told a story spoiler alert it has a dog boner in it and it was the <laughs> funniest thing to hear him he literally said the sentence i looked down and he had a big his big pink penis was sticking out and the entire audience saw it oh my uh, god anyway he was like when he was in the royal shakespeare company he got he was in you know he was in like a play and they and he wanted to get a dog but the dog that they ca- that they wanted to cast was, like, too pristine. So he just, like, went to, like, a, a kennel, basically, and was like, I need, like, a dog that, like, does not give a shit. Like, I just need a dog that, like, looks like just any anonymous, like, street dog. And they basically gave him the dog that lived at the kennel, who was, like, kind of, a, you know, like an older dog that – and he said it was, like, the best actor he's ever worked with. But the day he like brought it there, he started to call it its character name, the character name. So sure. I would imagine that for these Benji movies, they probably like cast them or went or did, you know, like did searches for dogs that looked like them. And then as soon as they got them and they said like, OK, they started calling them Benji uh and and probably in this one case they were like no you can't call it benji it's a girl it's benjean
0: <laughs> that's very upsetting uh but first off great a great deal with patrick stewart um he yeah, is a very- go buy
2: his book he had a specific place because he didn't want people to buy it like on Amazon. So I oh, yeah. but but of course I forget where he wanted people to go buy it, but it was like an independent bookstore that he was like, "Please I go." I assume it was dogbonerbook.com. I mean, it was the it, it was the greatest story I've ever heard in my life. And then Matt Walsh, Walsh went up and did a scene where he's an actor on stage and he gets a boner and like none of his fans will stop ask like talking about the boner afterwards. And then after they did that scene, Patrick Stewart stood up and he was like, you're doing some really important work here. (laughs) He's really funny, you guys, is what I'm saying.
1: But he doesn't own
0: dogbonerbook.com,
1: which which disappoints me greatly.
0: Uh, For the record, I'm searching domains right now on GoDaddy, and it turns out I could get dogbonerbook.com for one penny. For the first year, with a three-year registration, I'll actually pay $44 today. What? <laughs> GoDaddy, you stink out loud. At least your ads aren't sexist anymore.
2: I, I honestly didn't even know GoDaddy was still a thing. I assumed they went under. Honestly, I honestly
0: only remember them because their ads were super sexist. <laughs> yeah. So they won. They won. You know, sexism they- wins, everybody. It Sorry. stood out. Dog, but bon- you literally anybody listening right now, I'm not actually going to buy dogbonerbook.com, <laughs> but anybody out there listening right now, it could be yours, and you could make a lot of money selling Patrick Stewart's book.
2: Oh, I love it! Would you though?
0: I'm, I love I him like and sister. his
2: stories of dog boners. <laughs> I don't know,
0: I kind of feel like I should buy dogbonerbook.com. I got money. <laughs>
1: No wonder your wife makes snide comments at the Thanksgiving table.
0: Wait, what did she? Wait, hold on. What did she say at the Thanksgiving table? I don't remember this either.
1: <laughs> uh, she said something about how um, uh, you keep getting uh, um, like uh, bounce check fees because you spent all your money on. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, wait, what
0: did oh, I spend that's my money right. on? <laughs> <laughs> I do Christmas. remember that. <laughs> I, I still didn't hear you. What am I spending my money on? Don't worry about it, man. Chris, Col- <laughs> funky, cold Medina. What did you say? You, know you can uh, rewind it and listen to it later. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> Christmas Puna Dina. I couldn't. I, couldn't <laughs> look it up. I do not know what you said. I'm really. This is not a bit. I legitimately wish I to know and I'll never know. I'll just have to live with that. Uh, there
1: is a point. At because uh, first off, it's it's it does feel kind of weird that, like, oh, yeah, the, uh, Benji is such a big goddamn star that these people like walk around as Benji's handlers and get to go you know, like all <laughs> around the world. Yeah. Um, presumably they get paid or something like that. And you know, um, I didn't realize that that was the premise of this. I assumed that it was like Benji is a super dog that you know like lassie like saves people and stuff but uh-huh. no Benji's a movie star and that's no, like it's very meta Benji's job but then um there's a, a a moment that uh um they they call out um uh this dude this just goofy dude is their like uh cart driver or whatever you call it, you know, and they get on and then he's you know, chock full of personality and they're in Germany and he's talking about uh, Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland whatevs.
0: You know who could tell the difference between Switzerland and Germany? looks what Santa Claus looked like in Germany. Rather what Santa Claus used to look like in Germany. But there is a movement afoot to bring me back exactly as you see me now.
1: Bring you back to Germany with a British accent? At that point, I was like, okay, they kind they get what they're doing. They're being cheeky about it. And like, yeah, why are we in Switzerland and this uh Santa Clausy dude type dude is a British accent? Um and so I was like, I'm I'm willing to to hear more about this. <laughs> and as it continued, I was like, okay, this is a like this is intended for children, yes, and there is no actual uh, conflict in, in at any point in this. The story just sort of unfolds as basically, um, hey, here's uh, some Santa jokes, here's some more Santa jokes, here's, you know, like, what Santa does and, like, all his cool stuff, and that's kind of it, but, like, the writing was solid. There was the occasional joke, and I was like, oh this doesn't make me unhappy
2: wow and i was wow, really wow, wow.
1: expecting to to shut down on this but like props mad props to let's just say it Fagin. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's also like like i i scrolled down and his imdb is like this guy is like the uh uh he's a character actor he does all sorts of villains like yeah. you know he did a yago in in um Othello, and like that's exactly what you would expect that guy to play. He's done Merlin a couple times, Uh and this this Santa feels like one hundred percent like Merlin from Sword and Stone. You know,
2: yeah, I will say that. Like, I uh, uh, one of my notes was like, "Oh, this dude is committed." Like he he, it reminds me of like the famous, you know, um, my like Michael Caine talking about how when he Got hired to do a Muppet Christmas Carol. He made the decision to not to like act as if he was not acting opposite Muppets, but that he was like doing genuinely, like he was like doing Shakespeare. Like he was 100%. like I was I committed and I was you could not tell that I was talking to Muppets. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, like this dude is like. Like, spoiler alert, at some point he starts singing, and it's, like, way too far into the episode to really make any sense. Like, <laughs> yep. like, like, there's no indication that, he, that this is going to be a musical. And he does it, and he does a song and dance, and that dude was like, yeah, I'm going to go ham on this. Like, you hired me to do a thing. Because, honestly, the little girl actor and her aunt, or whoever she is, were really phoning it in.
1: Look, I... Uh, th- this felt just like right in the pocket for the 70s it felt like the uh, um the characters were just there going what <laughs> i don't believe you and like that's it they got one note and they play it but that's like vintage 70s kid tv so it felt nostalgic not okay. good but nostalgic
2: okay
0: The Von Trapp family—that's who knows the difference between Switzerland and Germany. Chan, God,
1: God. that's—you know what?
0: Every once in a while,
1: I'll end up talking for longer than I expect. (laughs) I usually expect to get cut off or like run over, and now I know that if that happens, that means that Ray is probably looking something up on Google to uh, to finish a joke that died. 15 minutes ago
2: or, Just or lurking, really not listening to a single single word you're saying oh yeah uh, no,
0: uh, I, I like <laughs> I like the fact that uh, uh, you guys have now walked all over every aspect of my notes going all the way to the end of the episode oh yeah mm-hmm. but we're still in the opening scene
1: Hey, you were the one that said like I have so many notes for this like, all right
2: yeah I don't want to listen go. to your fucking so many notes on this still Well, you know how it goes I, it?
0: I try to work them in and then you guys derail me and then I bang out like Half my notes in about a thirty second period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty normal episode of knowing is half the podcast.
1: Pretty standard.
0: Pretty standard. Uh, yeah, I just wrote here. He's got the fakest hair uh, that I've literally ever seen ever. Uh, until later on, when it's some of the worst prosthetic nose work. When they get a big close up of one of the children with the uh, the giant elf nose, which elves don't have noses like that. Last I checked, uh, it is some oh, of the worst nose work I've all ever the seen. Elves? What's that? You know all the elves, do you? I know all the elves, yes. I absolutely do. Uh, He refers to himself as Chris Kringle. He says, I'm the German one. I did think it was a funny bit where she's like, if you're the German one, why do you got a British accent? Fun. Any time that you're a famous person or dog and you're on your way to go somewhere and your chauffeur says, hey, do you mind if we stop in an area where the people (laughs) aren't able to attend the parade? In my mind, that means let's go to the poorest area around here and you should say no. You should run. You should get out of your carriage. You should run. That guy is about to abduct you.
1: I thought you were going to say, like, it's taking them to a second location where they'd be kidnapped and murdered. Yep. Uh, But then you went to with the the poor people. Who are going to kidnap and murder you. Get surrounded by poor people. And um, this whole thing got very dark.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, that's who's why go- I'm the
1: rich- pumpkin flavored JoJo's because <laughs> I don't want to deal with any of this
0: if you shop at Trader uh- Joe's you're officially not one of the poor's yeah I'll say it it's got to be said by somebody so the guy who that plays the sound of these delicious JoJo's crunching nope, not doing it uh guy chris kringle he's going to be our mc he's going to be our guide through this entire episode as chan said there is not one ounce of conflict in this entire 24 and a half minute presentation and it is very indicative of the 1970s uh both of the uh, of the actresses uh the the mom and the kid uh they're not really given anything to do so it's hard to say they didn't do anything when they were not being asked to do anything you know
2: I mean, sometimes people aren't asked to do anything, and they still fucking crush it. So I don't know. uh, You know what? That's a good point.
0: (laughs) Honestly, that is a very good point.
1: Uh, But they're still still working it, still trying to get them jobs. (laughs) And
0: right after we get introduced to Chris Kringle, there's the big credit on screen that says, "And Ron Moody, Ron Moody." As Chris Kringle. And in my head, I said, they really are excited to get Ron Moody on board. I do not know who Ron Moody is. But as you all have said, I looked it up and he played Fagin in the Oliver movie. And his he's, he's an old, he actually died only a few years ago, 2015. Uh, in his 90s, he was born in the 1920s. Which means that if you go far enough back in his IMDB pro- profile, you get all those old timey movie posters because he was appearing back when they were talkies, you know? What what a g! Uh, he he was delightful. I will say, definitely the highlight of the entire episode.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit where they like get to the shack, and it's got a big Verboten sign on it, uh-huh. which you know we all know what that means. Uh-huh. Does that mean forbidden? Uh, not in Russian, my dear. Oh, what does it mean in Russian? Hmm? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. It's just like it's I, it's, it's him.
2: Just, He's good.
1: Yeah, and it's not a, um, it's not just like a, a knockdown, out funny joke. But like, she's calling out, like, we're not supposed to be here, and he's like, uh, no, not not in a different language. It's-
0: <laughs> look, if you can't read the sign, the sign says nothing. I like that joke. I like yeah. that joke. Yeah, it, it's good enough. <laughs> More than I was gonna give this thing credit for.
1: I mean, look, uh, the joke is uh, thoroughly mid. Uh, Ron Moody like takes it up to a nine
2: yeah so, you know, real I, Peter I agree sellers with
0: that. sell job on that I like that I agree I like with that, that. Uh, so here's the deal we get we stop off we go through a doorway we end up at what I assumed was the North Pole it's revealed later that he moved from the North Pole to Switzerland this is literally instead of being a magical portal it just takes you like just through a doorway to this other area that's just sort of walled off which I think is kind of fun. And he says, uh, "Yeah, people can't find out, but This is our secret Santa lab here in Switzerland." And we meet uh, elves. Uh, they have presents. Turns out these elves are French elves. They have French accents, which I didn't really, I didn't really get. This this thing's kind of all over the place, to be quite honest with you. I
2: think that honestly, I think that if there was a Santa, this is how he would be. You think he would just have uh, uh, elves of one type?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're all, <type>. <laughs> uh, um, they well, they mostly have uh British accents, um, and they all have their voices pitched up weirdly because it was the 70s and they didn't have really good technology for that yet. So mm-hmm. everyone comes out sounding like a weird machine.
0: They all sound uh-huh. like Alvin and the Chipmunks.
2: But then, what difference does love make if the boss doesn't go? It's all for naught and not for all.
0: Oh, all right I
2: just, we know I who just that is have a cigarette nah. I, yeah i told you guys i i this is this is this is the youngest i have ever seen him but that is deep roy who i, I mean he he's been in so he's been in so much stuff i i think like may i don't know what the most because like i think of him as there's an episode of the x-files where Mulder keeps seeing this like beggar like, he's, like, hallucinating this sort of, like, beggar man that's that's rolling around, and you're, like, it's a very Twin Peaksy type of thing. But he's also in the new... He's all the Oompa Loompas in not the newest Willy Wonka movie with... No, the Johnny Depp one. But the Johnny Depp one. No. Uh, I, he's also in Big Fish. Uh, let's see, what
1: else? Plenty of stuff where he is uh, completely makeup. So you wouldn't know him cuz like yeah. Like yeah. I I would have recognized him in uh, Neverending Story but like uh Or no no, he he doesn't have that much makeup in that.
2: No no, he's just wearing a top hat. He's got a slow yeah. snail.
1: Yeah. Or fast uh, snail. Like he's in friggin' Dark Crystal. He's uh droopy McCool in Return of the Jedi, you know. Yeah, and you
2: know. Uh, and also he was inside Yoda.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: he, yeah.
2: Was like, inside Yoda. he was inside Yoda.
1: Wow. He was having
0: sex with Yoda but like <laughs> in addition um Oh my God, he killed Wo- Yoda and wore his skin as a suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I do my favorite Deep Roy moment, of which I only have one, which is uh, I we saw it, uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory back in 2005. I saw it with uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend. Well, not ex at the time. And I remember like we watched the movie and we get to the credit scene and it said Deep Roy as the Oompa Loompas. And she turns to me and she says, they hired an adult actor to play all the Oompa Loompas. What? What? She thought Deep Roy was a porno name. Oh, an oh. adult actor? Right, adult. Right, 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 right. Like a triple like a X porno actor.
1: I was confused. His name was Deep Roy. There's, there's like um, three uh, little people actors in this, and everyone else are kids. It's Which, weird
0: because we start with the little people and then move our way to kids for the bigger numbers.
1: Yeah, like when you're not when they think you're not paying attention, they just shove some kids in there and they're like, Oh yeah, they're probably uh, you know, little people too. Uh, but especially at the, the during the musical scene, there is one kid up front mm-hmm. who you can tell he's a little kid because like he doesn't know his uh choreography, so he's just watching uh Moody. Yes. He's doing it. And his he's eyes just just,
0: like, okay. Frickin okay glue to him i i have okay i've made a lot of notes about this kid <laughs> and this part I, I will hold these until we get to the musical number because Fair. uh everything gina said that about the musical number appearing way too late in the episode with no musical numbers before it yep. spot on accurate true so we're about we're about 18 minutes into a 24 minute thing and they're just like and now the musical number and it's like no guys you blew your chance. I mean
2: <laughs> to be fair, I will say like if you if you uh if you cast Ron Moody in something who is like a no obviously a known singer. I mean anyone who's seen Oliver known, knows the, like you've got to pick a pocket or two, boy. It's a great number. And he's got great that number. very like he doesn't have the best voice, but he's he's a showman. Like he's, he's expressive. Yeah, and and so I, I I I would I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, oh shit, we cast him. Should we put a musical number in this? And then like the writer is like, you want me to do that now?
0: I'll write it, but it I mean it won't be good. I don't have a lot of time. I yeah, he, again here's
2: another side note uh ray was trying to pretend that he's not a nazi by by saying oh look gina's still on twitter gina's still on twitter but uh this this there is a very delightful story that i reposted that now has let's let's see here The one Uh, I referenced
0: at the beginning of the episode.
2: 42,000 likes on it. Up to
0: 42,000 X's.
2: (laughs) But it's basically like a woman started, a woman started tweeting and she was like, oh, I just had the weirdest experience. I was watching an X-Files episode. Speaking of X-Files and Deep Roy, and there's a country, a random country song playing. Basically like long story short, she was like, "Oh, I wonder what song this is." Googled it, and the only thing that exists on the internet about it is other people saying, "Who knows this song from the X-files?" So she went down like a rabbit hole of no one ever identified it since 1998. There were people oh, wow. like on on the internet being like, "I've been trying to find this song." since it aired why can't it's not listed in the credits why can't anyone find it so she went through this whole thing of like shazam can't find it no one can find it and everyone on twitter started to like weigh in and someone was like this is the name of the music supervisor maybe someone can find them they found the music supervisor who was like crap i don't even i don't remember this like maybe it was written for the episode Anyway, they found the two guys who recorded that. Oh, my God. And now it's on the front page of Rolling Stone. This Twitter thread started it all. I now follow the dudes on Instagram, and he's been, like, posting for days about, like, well, no, since it's just happened yesterday, he's been posting. But, like, he basically was like, oh, my God, I had no idea people were looking for this song. They basically said we need uh, we need a song. It's in it's in a bar in X-Files. Can you have it on our desk in 4 hours? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. And he and the other guy were basically like, "All right, I don't know like what's Okay, so like the X-Files is about space. What, uh, like, what What else is in space? Stars, aliens, aliens in love. Let's write a, a honky tonk, hillbilly version of aliens in love. That's funny. <laughs> and, be, and like people, that like Twitter found it in, within like four hours. And now it's the front page story of Rolling Stone. And this guy was like, oh, I'll try and find the old recording because I don't know where it is. It's in storage, which I'm sure someday Chan will be saying about this, uh, this podcast. And sure. he was like, yeah, I mean, I, if everyone wants it, I'll just put it online for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this
0: is, remember is when we did that? uh We did that cartoon last year that appeared behind the guy on the TV in his holiday yes, picture.
2: Yes, yes, it's yes. Just that again? Yeah, but like it's so it's so evident how starved the internet is for like something positive because the original thread has one hundred thirty six thousand likes. Me just reposting it and being like, "This is the only thing the internet should be used for." Forty two thousand likes. And all of the comments are like, oh, my God, this is what the Internet used to be. Like, this is I love this so much. Uh, Anyway, go go look up the thread. But I I could imagine that, like, at some point this was already written. And like they were like, "Ah, I don't know, like, it seems a little slow. We've got this guy. Do you want to just toss a musical number in there? And the writer was like, Uh, yeah, I guess I'll I I guess I'll go write it. You want it in an hour? Okay, here you go.
0: Here (laughs) you go. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. In trying to make an artistic statement, one should be careful not to let one's personal aroma do the talking. In order not to offend the critics, I recommend Right Guard Sport Stick. It provides
2: maximum protection and the freshest sense. A sublime palette of odoriferous emanations. After all, a true artiste should be remembered for his inspiration not his perspiration. Right guard, sports stick. Anything less would be uncivilized.
0: Now back to GI Joe. Um, so the the basic idea behind what the wh- how the flow of this Benji special goes is because there's no conflict. It's it's uh, Chris Kringle, aka Real Santa Claus, uh, played by Fagin from Oliver, kidnaps Benji and his two uh, handlers. Uh, Benji does next to zero, this entire, special, it's just Santa takes them to various aspects of his North pole setup. And then we just play around with the space and then we go to the next one and we play around with the space and that's all yeah. we do for the entire episode.
2: It does. It feels like a play. It feels like a, it feels, it feels like a play. It also kind of felt like homework when I was watching
0: this. A little bit. I I will say it moves a little better than some of the other things we've watched recently. I didn't stop it to see how much was left until about halfway through. So that's not bad. That's not bad compared to other things.
1: Cannot believe that Gina walks around talking about Christmas goddamn spirit (laughs) starting in like mid-July has been like donating all of these inflatable (laughs) Christmas gifts for Ray's house so that, you know, like you can have like awesome Christmas stuff in the yard and is constantly berating us for not having enough Christmas spirit. She goes to like six parties a week that are holiday related. I've got three this Saturday.
2: We oh get God. to
1: a holiday wow. special that is, it's not about the jokes. It's not even about the star power or, or special effects or anything. It's purely about, isn't Christmas nice? And Gina's like, both birds fly and fuck this show. I want nothing to do with it. Bored me to tears. <laughs> Can't be bothered to have a little milk of human kindness. <laughs> all I am so disappointed.
2: All I said was it was a little slow.
1: No, that is not all you said. And what you said in between the lines was even more rife with disdain.
2: I was also, I'm not going to lie, very concerned with the treatment of Benji because this was 1978. It's not today. And anytime I watch movies with animals in them before, like, 2005, I get really distracted about whether or not they were treated well.
1: 98% (sighs) of this movie, she is being held by the little girl. I know, but you do think that that
2: little girl knows how to properly hold a dog? She's the dog's
1: owner, according to the lore <laughs> of this thing. He travels yeah. the world with him.
2: I don't. Oh. I was concerned for that dog. There also is also other animals thing. in this in this show. There's like horses and camels, and I wanted to know how they were treated.
1: And the dog. Okay, thank oh, you. My
2: goat. My the goat. Goodness.
1: So we have real
0: reindeer on set here because we do explore the area here, and we explore all of Santa's animals for his different incarnations around the world. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun. There's a reindeer on the roof. And then there's a weird thing where they're just like, get this other reindeer out of the cage and let him nibble his ear. Mm hmm. I was like, all right. Reind-
1: Reindeers, fuck y'all. That is Dude, important. They get
0: down. That's clear. Clear mm-hmm. by this episode. And then we go to and this is very fun. Adjacent, fun adjacent. Uh, we're going to explore Santa's wardrobe. Mm hmm. And we walk, and at this point, I just wrote: Is Benji just a prop at this point? They could have yeah. done this with no Benji.
2: Yeah, yep. you know what? This, this, uh, this, this, uh, this like outfit section was fun. The like life size paper cutouts of his outfits was fun.
1: There was a point Uh-oh. where I was like, "Do we?" do we need to give a rice patty hat to the Koreans <laughs> thank
2: you okay yeah, yes i wish i wish they had just stuck with the, like like the russian scandinavian places because i i mean to be fair at least they didn't go beyond
1: <laughs> well here here's the thing in this segment they did not go beyond i will leave it at that we'll get <laughs>
0: Now I'm look. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and um, according to this, Chris. I mean, the, the eventual plot is Chris Kringle wants to send his elves out to deliver all the presents this year because he wants to. Uh, just be home on Christmas Eve like everybody else, and that's actually he pretty broke reasonable. His leg. He take broke your PTO. Leg. Does he show evidence of a broken leg? Any? I don't. Yeah, he's got he's a cast on the whole time.
1: A cast for most of the thing.
0: I never noticed a cast, and in fact, when that thing was broken on the ground and everybody was staring at it, I didn't understand what was happening. Oh my you God. have problems. I. Never noticed he had a broken leg until I read the Wikipedia entry right
2: now. You, uh, M- Melissa deserves a medal every day she is with you because I imagine that what your home life is is her explaining something to you. You either doing it completely wrong, not the way she asked or forgetting in general, her re-explaining it to you, you making the same mistake. And then like three days later, she's like, I'm not even going to bring up the fact that you didn't do that thing. And then you being like, you never told me.
0: What, you got cameras set up in here? What the hell? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is
1: exactly <laughs> this the is way too real. I perceive it and everyone should. imagine it when they think about Ray's home life.
0: So we have two little people, needles and pins, and they're boning in the closet when Santa walks in, right?
1: 100%. Okay.
0: I didn't like the fact um, that he
2: was smoking a cigar. I'll tell you
0: that much. I also really enjoyed the fact that he was in a flammable closet with a bunch of clothing, smoking down a stogie. (laughs) Love him. Love him for that. Now, these are two little people and not children because they do all these comedy bits. They're a they're clearly a duo of some sort. And I like the fact that Santa's like, "Look who I brought." And they're like, "Yeah, this human, great. Uh, there's this other human." I don't, I don't like you want us to fucking make clothes for them too, you yeah. goddamn slave driver?
2: Thank you. And then they're like, I "Oh, I'm like I do like that they like talk about which country would buy that these two women are Santa. Like they look at the yes. little girl and they're like, "I I guess like Norway."
1: Don't I quit. will say, though, the Iceland, the way they approach it is 100 percent like a legit theater costume designer would do it. Yeah. Somebody walks in and you're like, fuck, I got to do you. <laughs> All right. OK, well, I can, uh, I got this. I can make this out of something else like they're they are sick of it and don't want anything to do with it. But also <laughs>
0: they're already halfway to make it for it to be done because yeah. the fucking baller. I like that. There's only one reason that someone I don't know would be brought in here, and I'm not happy about the extra work. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that. Truthfully. Uh, if, just, if they recognize an actor but don't have a reason for them to be in there, that's worse. <laughs> I've been that actor. It is. I got a custom-tailored purple plaid suit for my production of Oklahoma that I did in college, and they uh, tell me it was a delight to make. They did not let me keep it, though. real bummer on that (laughs) uh yeah Oklahoma what a show what a show probably doesn't ever need to be done again okay uh we have a giant book about outfits, and Gina's right this bit was pretty good where uh they turn the pages of this giant like five and a half foot book that he just sticks his head over the top and then it's like here's what I would look like in this country here's what I look like in this country and then he uses the magic and appears out dressed as real Santa Claus that's fun
2: yeah, I thought this was fun. A fun bit. Um, there was also
1: the bit where the elf uh is like talking to Benji. He's like, "Oh, that's sweet. Here, have like a like a beautiful jeweled necklace."
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at first I was like, "Oh, is it supposed to like?" I guess it's kind. It's kind of like a collar, I guess. I do like that. Santa was like, "Listen, there's already too much going on in this other costume because, like, the 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 matron, whoever whoever the older woman is, is like, isn't it too expensive to give you a dog?" And he's like, nah, what am I going to do with it? My my yeah. costume for that country already has way too much bling."
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's white and gold and like totally makes sense. Like that. <laughs> there, there's One of the things about watching so much trash like we do, uh, there's so much that doesn't make sense. So when something just does the bare minimum of like establishes a teeny bit of logic and you're like, oh, shit, no, that actually does follow a follows B or B follows A, I guess, A, then B then C. And just that simple thing. I'm just like, yes, I'm in. Thank you.
0: I'll be honest you guys, I missed the part where he gave him the uh the bling. So when it's revealed at the end oh, of the episode, I was very God. lost. I was very I... lost as to
1: where that hat why that damn. happened. How did I miss that? How did I es- expect Ray to have noticed that and to have known that it ties up at the end? God damn it, I am a fool thinking ray is anything less than a double fool.
0: I I just yeah. assumed it makes sense if you actually, you know, so I don't know. I maybe I was taking notes at the time it happened uh-huh. but this entire section mm-hmm. I do not remember Benji being given this do you,
1: bejeweled do you collar snore when you're taking notes just out of curiosity this note taking of yours does it involve being unconscious?
0: I I just guys I just missed this part. I don't know how apparently it's a pretty big impactful part that you all remembered but no um I do have uh, they're make working on new designs, pins and needles. and They have a punk rock Santa outfit, needles which and I men. thought was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I did catch that, but missed the collar. So when they say at the end, when Benji still has the collar at the end, it's a it's actually a pretty good tie the thing together callback moment that I that was lost on me. I didn't, I didn't, I never, I also never noticed, you know, the cast. So, mm. guys, I'm, I'm I work in quality control <laughs> and attention to detail. Can you believe it? <laughs> mm. wow how'd that happen
1: hey look i has someone who works in an office and whose job is mostly to keep track of all the little minutiae so that things don't get lost in the cracks who constantly loses things in the cracks
0: mm-hmm.
1: i get it i get it yeah i'm i'm here to uh um when there's a crisis boom i'm on it and i'm gonna take care of it i'll make everything right uh, when there's nothing going on and I'm just mm. supposed to like maintain all of the basic stuff, cannot for the life of me. Just the worst at it. Can't do it. No, mm-hmm. it's
0: it's uh, it's disappointing. Uh, yeah. Honestly. Anyways, the they, see, they- there was also yes.
1: a thing I don't remember what it was. It was one of the like the the costumes or whatever, and they cut to Benji, uh, who does a double take, yeah. and I was like, oh. That's what yeah it's
2: when he it's when santa steps out of the book and is wearing the costume that he was that just
0: is, yeah. yeah you know that's that's taking advantage of your uh, technology like that's all the special effects you can do in 1978 you know? <laughs> yep. unless you pump a lot of money into it how do i uh, cut back uh, honestly i didn't mind it did not mind it at all well now we're going to go to the CPAC. pack which I thought for a second that they showed up at the conservative political action committee. Yeah, no, no, uh-huh. yeah, seems right. I was very concerned about where this episode um, was going. Uh, it, it turns out it's the Christmas Eve planning and communications, and the elves there. Benji is on a circular table, I believe, in the middle of this room, and there are three or four elves petting Benji, and these elves are petting him, her, in a way that. I don't think they've ever touched an animal before because they are essentially pushing his head <laughs> and just slapping. I don't. I can't this, even describe how is badly this is. What I'm talking these,
2: about. I don't these like children it. are
0: petting this animal.
2: Yeah, I don't I mean, like kids this, around animals any day of the week. Sure. Uh, uh kids on a set around animals.
1: Immediately following that, um, uh, Chris Kringle's like hey, everybody, it's Benji. You're not going to get to see the parade, so come look at Benji. And my God, it felt like one of those fast zombie swarms where they just (laughs) all these children just like, oh, and they just surround him and hold up. And the adults, including the little girl, like pull away, which, you know, you need to so that they can do the dialogue or whatever. But it was just so weird that like they just, (laughs)
2: left Benji
1: in the middle of all of those cretins and normally I don't agree with you Gina when you talk about children in that fashion but 100% it felt like Benji was in danger
0: yeah yeah and officially at this moment this is where we replace all of the little people elves with children elves yeah And and I would argue the makeup they do on the little people is a thousand times better than anything they tried they were just trying to bang these children out that sounded wrong
1: It did, but you know what? These kids deserve it. I just noticed as I was uh, scrubbing through here, um, all of these kids are dressed in like the garb that they'll be doing later for their- um, Yes. uh, For the big dance number where we're going all over the world.
0: Yes, we are. I do. This is a great moment. Honestly, this is a moment that did make me laugh because Santa is now explaining the physics of Santa Claus. To the, the the children, to Benji's handler child, and he he's explaining it. He's like, Well, you know, I have twenty-four hours the way nighttime works to get this thing done. I couldn't do it in less. And then he just starts mansplaining Santa Claus, and they cut to one elf who just rolls their eyes and walks away. And I legit did laugh out loud at that moment, because like it was it was unbearable. It was wonderful. I mean, to be fair, that's the whole point of this thing.
1: This whole special is like, what does Santa do? Why is Santa? How does Santa? So like, sure. Tell me how. And on again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it makes a teeny amount of sense. Uh-huh. Like, oh, it's not just like a, a, a regular eight hour night. It's a 24 hour night because you're following the sun or chasing, running away from the sun. Yeah. So you're always in night. Like, yeah. I'll take it.
2: Yeah, I did like that. I, I was I was expecting the answer to be when she was like, "How do you do all that in one night?" I was legitimately I too, just Gina. waiting for him to say magic, and I was gonna like get annoyed. So the fact that it wasn't just that, yeah, is good.
0: Good enough for me. Uh, now, look, we've explored we've explored the animal uh, pens. We've explored the wardrobe and magic of that. We've explored the the logistics area of Santa's operation. Where else could we go but the mailroom? We're we're going to the mailroom. Room room full of men. Uh-huh. Oh, this is uh, it's letters. rain and mail. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> And this is, yeah, this is where they say, come meet Benji, everyone. And the chill, and the dog is just mobbed by everyone. I just, it was, here's the deal. Uh, and, unless you've seen it, you cannot do justice to how uncomfortable that moment
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. Are
0: care for it. On top of that, Chan. And Did this is care. where we get our surprise song. <laughs> it's, it's the multiplicity song because Santa's a complicated character. And one of my, the best thing about this musical number is. Is that out of nowhere again? Like 18 minutes into this 24 minute special, dude just starts singing and dancing, and then Benji jumps out of the arms and runs off set up some stairs. Literally, Benji just nope's out of the musical number, <laughs> and I laughed uproariously.
1: <laughs> but Benji comes back, and I and I wrote leaps,
0: no. Go ahead, leaps into Chris Kringle's arms. He does. Uh As I wrote, Benji apparently got his
2: contract negotiation settled and he's back. (laughs) Let's go. I mean, they probably said to Benji, it's either that or the swarm of children again.
0: Because, yeah, I I, I was laughing because I wrote this story in my head that Benji signed the contract for the show saying no musical numbers. And as soon as he starts singing, Benji's like, F this, I'm walking off set. And then you know got a whole big check written to Benji to say yes you just do it and that's why Benji runs back in and jumps into his arms all excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe that's what happened behind the scenes no one can prove me wrong. And this is where we get to the children and the russian dancing because Not
1: yet. we're starting out Oh okay sorry but, go ahead. Hey, just the song which oh like, I got to hear some. I don't I I generally will not volunteer to play a song and this isn't <laughs> a good song. Not a great song. It's not a, like a certified I gold really, I love
2: this special.
1: And yet... What? Multiplicity A splitted personality I'm more than one and even more than two I'm just what people think of me and that's what I must always be. So
0: think of me, please, kindly when you do.
1: And then, you know, it's going to start getting uh, a little hotter and heavier, and we're going to like break out the big uh, dance numbers.
0: You never never would think of it from that. It's a mild banger. It is a, and I'm shocked I'm saying this, it was a little bit of a mild banger. Mild banger was... uh... Don't worry about that. That's it.
1: Okay. I I, I apologize. That wasn't the real uh, kicking part, but that really wasn't Chan. No. If you go to that section, <laughs> you will see the kid in the, let's say Spanish regalia. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the bullfighting pants, matador. Nest, Um, Just, locked onto santa uh, <laughs> as he's swaying back and forth and doing the moves just barely he, he is hanging on by a thread
0: <laughs> that poor fucking kid this is true and i will say mild banger is the adult film that deep roy made in an alternate universe oh nice yeah no i'd bring I, that I one out. land that plane uh, Now <laughs> the, Ru- the russian dancing is where i really noticed it was this, 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 this did they rehearse did they practice these dances at all going into it? Do they have multiple takes? Were they trying to shoot this so fast that they were like, that's good enough because they have musical numbers where there are children in the musical numbers, not dancing, but then they start late and then they go for it. And then one of them has his eyes off stage to the dance coordinator just <laughs> to see what the moves are.
2: And I'm like, you, it feels could... like a play it's a it's like a high school play <laughs>
0: yep
2: they it's brought not... in one ringer
0: <laughs> one ringer I like uh, if this was rock live I would understand if you only had just the one take on live television but my <laughs> understanding of this special is they could shoot multiple scenes they could they could have takes why don't you do get one where the children know what the fuck they're doing
1: mm-hmm. here's the point where um I don't know the name of the dance, but when you think of Russians dancing, it's the thing where they're sort Cossack of squatting. Cossack leg dance. Kicking yeah. their, thank you. Cossack leg dance. Cossack leg dancing? Really? It's- That's what I call it. Uh, Cossack dance. Sure. Uh, but he's kicking his legs out. And this at this point, I'm like, and in my notes, I wrote, if this motherfucker dancing, this motherfucker can work. There is no reason yeah. that he can do the Russian kick dancing if he got a broken-ass leg, what the fuck? Oh, and you were point, ahead of the story. I thought that this was uh, a gap. I thought that like they're like, oh, who cares? We just need to have a dance scene. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm like, shit, man. They actually got it, and they nailed it.
0: Um, I approve of this. Uh, I'm looking up. uh Anyway. The- I'm looking up the uh, uh, Cossack leg dance, just Googling it really quick. Mm-hmm. According to this, the Russian leg kick dance is called the Katsatsky kick. Uh, or the Cossack dance, uh, with a picture representing exactly what you're thinking right now, is called the Hopak. The Hopak. A Ukrainian folk dance originating as a male dance among the Zaporozian Cossacks, but mm-hmm. later danced by couples, male, male soloists, and a mixed group of dancers. Oh, nice. Okay. So we learned something today. Uh, That's very exciting. Now, this is where, as as we're trying to celebrate the nations and countries of the world, this is where the casual racism just starts to bleed through just a little bit. Not casual. The Korean one was
1: casual. (laughs) This is five motherfucking children lined up in robes, in Chinese uh, rice paddy hats, and fucking Fu Manchu mustaches. they are. And goatees. There's a gong. They're bowing. Boy, oh, boy. They're mincing around Santa. Then they bow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, I, I wrote this. That, that's where I was just like, OK, it's it's the 1970s. Our our appreciation of Asian culture is unfortunately reduced to Asian stereotypes and nothing else. Uh, I wrote this is meant to celebrate the cultures of the world, but I'm pretty sure it does not pull it off.
1: Uh, just, regretfully, uh, the fun selection of screenshots. I'm just uh sending oh, no. y'all's way. So just sit in that. Jan, put these uh
0: put these on the Facebook group. Put these on the Facebook group, please. The Facebook group needs to see them because yes, these are very upsetting. Go to know uh Facebook dot com slash knowing is and <laughs> you know what? If if they
1: get flagged for hate speech, I'll take that. <laughs> I can't believe we
0: haven't been flagged for hate speech. And (laughs) and we love here. We love on this show. But we cover things that don't, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, And this is where I wrote, what what is that on the ground that's broken? Is that a vase? Did somebody break a vase? What is that? Is that a shoe? Is that somebody's shoe? Why? What is the bit? Why are we all staring at each other? Why is this overly long moment with this thing I can't recognize on the ground? I don't know what's happening here. I hate this. Apparently, he's been wearing a cast the entire episode that I have not, I have not seen or am clear about. And apparently, during the <laughs> dance, why is he dancing with a cast on? I do not know, but apparently, it breaks and comes off. There, therefore, his leg is healed.
1: But no, that-
0: I mean, I've seen that Fast and the Furious movie where The Rock flexes his way out of a cast. Thus proving it's it's healed. I assume this is a similar situation.
1: Dear God, for
0: reals, uh, Chan, do we need to sit down and watch every Fast and the Furious movie? Because I, I, I will, I will, I will take that upon myself right now to educate you. You
1: know what? You you go. You just get started, and I will join you shortly. Chan,
0: I'm not even kidding. I I bought them and have the digital codes. I have the Movies Anywhere app on my phone. I can watch the Fast and Furious franchise literally anywhere. Yes, they're all saved to my phone. We're watching them. Who wants uh, to see it? Patreon.com slash knowing It's half the podcast. Let us know. Uh, anyway, he just wanted to stay home, Chris Kringle did on Christmas Eve, like everybody else. But it turns out, in a logic gambit, everyone else's home counts as him staying home. Therefore, Christmas is saved.
1: Indeed, I it think, is. I think he else would have gone That the thing that makes him happiest is delivering gifts. And not in fact fe- he just wanted. He thought that he wanted just a day off to just be like everybody else and chill on Christmas um but he realized that what truly brings him joy is to be at home and home is wherever he breaks into around the world
2: other key, other people's homes yep
0: you know when I told the police that everyone else's home was basically my home they weren't buying it yeah well
1: can you speak Russian because this dude can
0: uh oh, shit. yet. It's all, I, it's all I got. I know. And this is where he says, okay, guys, we're going to send you back to the parade, but we're going to men and black you here. You will remember nothing. And honestly, one of the neater edits I've seen where he says, you will remember nothing. And then the camera sort of pulls away from the two of them on the couch where they were sitting to reveal that they're on the couch in the sleigh about to go to the parade. And honest, this is the second time I was like for nineteen seventy eight that is not bad visual effects. That is not a bad cut. In fact, I would argue it's a very good one there you go i i really i did I really like that moment a lot it's it hit me on an emotional level. I don't think edits usually do
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it and then. They're sitting there. The mayor like pats Benji's head. Uh Oh, look at that lovely necklace. What? Yeah. It's the necklace they got in Santa's workshop. The driver turns around.
0: There's that motherfucker right there. Chris Kringle, who earlier in the wardrobe scene uh, got out of the American Santa outfit back to his traditional (sighs) German one, but kept the Santa hat on. The uh-huh. red really? one, and he's wearing that outfit with the red hat, and he comes out in the wardrobe scene and says, "They they say you've got the Santa hat from USA on." He goes, "Nobody's perfect." They do uh-huh. this callback with the <laughs> jewelry, and they turn, and then he turns back to them and says, "Well, nobody's perfect." Poe, but it's perfect. Other fucking Christmas. That's gold. Now I did right here. When the hell did Benji get that gold chain? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did not remember this or notice at all. See, see, when it comes down to
1: it, oh. Ray's too dumb to understand Christmas. Gina says she loves Christmas, <laughs> secretly doesn't give a flying fuck, and I'm the only one here holding it down for the holiday <laughs> spirit.
2: <laughs> that these are these are truly truly end of days. If that's the case,
0: <laughs> I I. I find I find it a hard argument to argue that Robert Clark Chan has the most Christmas spirit of the three of us on this show. But I will say that particular argument was somewhat compelling.
1: Here we are. Up is down. Black is white. Cats and dogs living together.
0: Finish it. Total chaos. No, mass hysteria. What's wrong? Why would you say the wrong thing there? Total chaos.
2: He wanted to make it his own. He wanted to put his stamp on it.
0: No. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Uh, and I just, balls. yeah. And the parade <laughs> just starts. And I just said, who cares at this point? The show's over. <laughs> Fade to black. Go to credits. 1978's Benji's very own Christmas story. Uh, I'll ask the question, but I think I know already. Uh, Robert Clark Chan, did you enjoy this?
1: Absolutely did not think I would enjoy this. I enjoyed it a fair amount.
0: Would you say this is one of your favorite things we've watched for the show in like eight and a half years? Wow. Wow. Absolutely
1: wow. not. Wow. No. Oh, wow. There, okay. There's some things that I got true joy from. This exceeded my expectations more than almost anything. I'll put that in the top five of exceeded expectations. Okay. But you I had real we'll
0: you. low expectations. Uh, G- TV's Gina Ippolito. How did you feel about the Benji Christmas special?
2: I thought it was fine. Not something I will ever have a, have a desire to watch again.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I find myself in the Gina camp, so this is one of the very fabled Ray and Gina versus Chan episodes uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> as it goes. Not as fun as the Gina and Chan versus Ray episode, but I do believe we did venture into that territory several times as we recorded this today. Uh, I think that's a fair statement. Uh, I th- I found this to be very mid. I there's really nothing to get mad about about this because nothing happened. Uh, it's just let's go to a bunch of sets, let's do a bunch of bits. Uh, let's just use the locations as best we can. Let's put some money and get some animals, get some children and not teach them how to dance and then have them dance. And and let's just let's just bang this out. This feels like it was made in a weekend. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> uh, not, not, not really anything here. To me, very mid, very average. I'm with Gina and saying, I will probably forget about this tomorrow. I'll wake up tomorrow with no memory of having seen this, which is going to be real weird when I need to put it online. <laughs> Yeah. I may show
2: this to my kid. Who knows? Maybe Whoa. he'll like
0: it. I yeah, this I yeah.
2: I could see I could see enjoying this when I was little for sure. Man. There okay. you go. Okay.
1: Before like you that. knew about uh, reckless animal endangerment on Hollywood sets.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly.
1: Or I guess Swiss sets? Uh this was filmed on location, I assume. Uh,
2: this was
0: filmed on location in um, France,
1: in Solvang,
0: in Nice. It was filmed in oh, uh, reals. Yeah, I looked. I looked at the credits here. Oh, wait a minute. I think. Oh crap! Half of it was that the interiors were shot in one location, which I believe was in England, and then the outdoor stuff was was in France. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna verify that. Um, That's fair. Uh, But yeah, they were it was shot in Europe 100%. So Benji did get the Adam Sandler vacation to Europe out of this, (laughs) which is very exciting. I hope they didn't make Benji like, you know, be in the, you know, luggage car underneath the plane for the long trip to to France.
1: No, this motherfucker does not get out of uh, its handler's arms for less than uh, 10K.
0: Well, that's probably yeah, what it took I, to get I back on that. set.
1: Like There this we go. The okay. I'm just, excuse me.
0: So I, I got that wrong. Filmed on location in Zermatt, Switzerland. But the Holy interiors, shit. the interiors. J- I was what, joking, but it's literally filmed on location in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah where else are you going to get German writing? That isn't scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the interiors were filmed at Victorine Studios in Nice, France. So there you go. There's. There, I did get the nice. Cool. Part. The only part I remembered.
1: Wow. All right, then.
0: So there's that. And I do feel like I need to pay off um a, a bit because I was talking about the Funkin' Wagonal story, and we've teased it several times. And I do feel very strongly that I should tell this story briefly oh before God. we get off the air.
2: Are you just padding time now? No, I don't pad
0: time with the show. Gina, these episodes go as long as they're going to go. Sometimes it's like 55 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour 40. And there's no there there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Like no. it's about how much stuff not involving the show itself do we have to talk about? <laughs> what things in the outside world do we want to discuss that pads the time of the show? <laughs> Cause I believe a show that we actually stick to the script on would be about 50 55 minutes so when you when you when you go as a listener of this show and you see our 45 what that we we do a lot of going around the topics a lot of go- Look, anyway
1: tell your goddamn story so we can get out of here the
0: funkin wagonal story so and i found out actually it's not funkin wagonal so i already got that wrong my we as a family when i was a kid uh younger we were all in like elementary school uh you know maybe uh, i was probably in fifth or sixth grade we, it was Ranger Rick magazine. We subscribed to Ranger Rick nature magazine. It was not Funkin' Wagonals. Mike, and there was one particular I issue. subscribe to it right now. Is that still, is it still a thing?
1: Still a thing.
0: Oh, wow. So we were subscribed. And, uh, and there was one particular issue of Ranger Rick that greatly upset me. And it greatly upset me because on the cover, uh, it was the cover or the interior, like, centerfold of the magazine uh, was basically a snake, uh, eating another animal and the animals like head or body, uh, was like sticking out of the snake's mouth. And I found, I, I, still find this to be very skeevy. I find that entire deal to be very upsetting. If you own snakes and you grow and buy live mice, a mammal to feed to the snake and just put it in the cage, knowing you are committing murder of a mammal. I have a hard time with that, much like I have a hard time with hunting, but this feels a lot more visceral to me. Anyway, one of the Ranger Rick magazines had a giant photo of this exact setup where one animal is eating another, and it upset me at the very core of my being. And unfortunately, I let my feelings about this known to my family, who then made sure to a point to keep this episode, this issue of the magazine well past this point. So if they ever got mad at me about something, they would chase me around the house to try to make me look at the picture of the thing that upset me. And so there were lots, uh, not lots. There were lots. Okay. And that's not even talking about the Charlie McCarthy doll, but that's a whole other story. I'm just talking about the Ranger Rick magazine, not Funkin' Wagnalls Ranger Rick. And so essentially like if I would make somebody mad uh, or if I was just getting out of control, they would threaten they'd be like i'm gonna get the magazine and i'd be like no you're fucking not getting the magazine but you wouldn't say fuck it because i once said hell in front of my parents and got my mouth washed out with um with ivory uh, bar soap so don't you don't say that Ooh,
1: that is um, rough
0: th- th- look th- look the 80s were a rough time to be a kid with boomer parents i don't know what to tell you wait are we still talking about ranger rick Yes, because they would pull out the, yeah, they would pull out the magazine and I would scream and cry and run around the house and try to lock myself in my room. And they try to slide the magazine, like under the door, (laughs) like, no, this was torture. This was torment. And I need to express myself because, um, that's not right. Don't torture your children with upsetting literature. And that's why I support book bans in our schools.